the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today on this fine afternoon. Got a good show for you today. Next hour, by the way, Larry Fowler from the Legacy Coalition will be on. The Legacy Coalition is a grandparenting ministry. And if you're a grandparent, do you have grandparents? Uh, are you a grandparent? Do you know anybody who's a grandparent? I myself am not a grandparent, but I come from a long line of grandparents. Um, this is a, just a great ministry that has been taking off. And it's not a ministry to grandparents. What it is is it's ministry for grandparents to know how to minister to their grandkids. And it's spectacular. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next hour. And uh, so stay tuned for that. You can join our conversation at any time today. Give me a call at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Here's a, a question for you. Sometimes people, it comes up, and it came up in uh, the political world today, this verse. Mark twelve thirty one. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let me ask you this question. For Christians out there, or maybe even if you're not, how would you interpret how to do this in a practical way? Now, later I'll show you that, that you have to take that verse in the context of where it is. Um, but how do we love our neighbor who might disagree with us on a serious issue? And is this a, a particularly uh, useful verse when we are trying to tell somebody that they're wrong? And the, the reason that I'm bringing this up is Governor Newsom has released a bunch of uh, posters, billboards actually, billboards that are going to be in other states. And what they're doing is they are inviting people in those states in those states where there are abortion restrictions, they're inviting those people to come to California for their abortions. And in one version of those billboards, it says, uh, need an abortion? California is here to help. And then underneath it, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these, Mark twelve thirty one. And I thought, what is, that, what is the, the purpose of that verse in that particular billboard? And, you know, when we're talking about something as serious as abortion, is the purpose of that verse, uh, and we've used this verse in, in, in other things, political. People have done it on, on left and right in some different ways, but this is happening on, on this issue right now. What's happened is Governor Newsom, and I think he's using his campaign money because he's got loads of it and, and not real competition in California. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. If, if Californians went out and voted it would be a different story. But if only a third of us are going to vote, uh, Governor Newsom will sail towards re-election. A lot of people think he's running for president. And so what he's doing, he is acting like somebody who is running for president. And at this page, if you are Governor Newsom and you're running for president, what you have to do is you have to say, uh, no, I'm not running for president because the president is somebody in your own party. And that president has not yet announced whether or not he's running or not. 
However, I think if you're Gavin Newsom, you know he's not running. And so the moment that Biden, sometime this uh, December, January, in my opinion, announces that he will not seek a second term, um, probably he's going to say that, uh, then you're going to announce. And so what you do in the meantime is you get your name out there and you do different things to give yourself a national presence. I think if you're the governor of California, even though you're the governor of the largest state, you may not have as much name recognition throughout the country because California typically doesn't have the type of, I don't know, when it comes to election time, people sort of just assume what's happening in California. It's not a close election, which could happen in Florida or Texas or some other states that are getting a lot of attention. So you have to put your name out there. That's what you do. Usually you write a book and you go on all the talk shows and you go to all the conventions and that's what you would be doing. And what you're really doing is you're getting your name out there. You're also raising money. You are preparing the ground for a run. You're trying to convince party leaders that uh, you're the right person. There's a lot of politics in, involved in all of that. Well, Governor Newsom, who I don't think is concerned at all about his governor race here in California, is spending money in other states, particularly red states, putting up these signs and, you know, abortion nationally is the one issue that the Democrats are running on and pinning a lot of hope on it for these midterm elections coming up. And they might be right uh, to do that, that it could shift what looked at one point like Republicans are going to win everywhere big time. And uh, now I think Republicans will win some for sure, but maybe not everywhere. And uh, once again, if people actually voted, who knows what would happen? But but they don't. But it bothers me. And I, you know, our program, we'll talk about issues of the day, whether it be politics or just different things that are in the news. One of the things I really want to do whenever it comes up is if a politician or someone in the public, uh, you know, in the public uh, attention uses scripture somehow or claims to be a Christian or makes commentary about God or Christianity, I think that we should go there because in our conversations with people in our life that are not believers, these things might come up, and it's influencing people, okay? So if you have a non-believing friend who hears this verse, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and it's in the context of abortion, or maybe it's in the context of, in California, we had lots of people using that really from both sides in whether or not you ought to wear a mask, right? I heard from lots of people who called our show, and some people said, no, I love my my neighbor by wearing a mask during the COVID period. Or you said, I love my neighbor by not wearing a mask because I don't want them to fear. And people had a different argument for what it meant to love your neighbor. Sometimes I think that people are using that sincerely, but I think other times people just use scripture sometimes to try to get the other side to shut up. And I m- imagine that's what this is from uh, the governor. Isn't it an odd, to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, you can call me, 888-528-2557. Isn't it an odd thing to put this scripture verse on a pro-abortion billboard? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the the verse is put there, Mark 12, 31, the, the citation. I was surprised about that, actually. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think if you just said, uh, who said this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, there's no other commandment greater than these. Most people would probably say Jesus. That'd be a pretty good guess. Anyway, they put that down there, Mark 12, 31. And maybe coming from the left on this, what you're saying is that abortion is the loving thing to do. This is the argument, right? It's the loving thing to do for people who are poor or people who are growing up in, who where the child might be born into a family where there is hardship and there is abuse and other things, it'd be better for them to just die and not have a life. And that's 
kind of the argument. And some people would argue that's the loving thing. I don't think that is. I think that's I think that taking a life or assuming that somebody's life is going to be terrible or have no value based upon demographics or based upon, you know, some circumstance is is completely wrong. Lots of people grow up in terrible circumstances and go on to have fantastic lives. Lots of people in fact are born into really good circumstances and they will wreck their lives with different choices and and things that happen. You just you don't know. And I don't know why we would not give people the opportunity to live a life and make something of it. And that we just would have so much, such a, a lack of faith of the ability of a mom or a dad or parents together or even grandparents who might be raising a kid to raise a kid with some values and an education. I know there's problems. I know the schools are, are not doing well and lots of parents aren't doing well. And there's a lot of problems, but I think that there's also a lot of hope. And for Christians, I think that we should be speaking for those who cannot speak. I think maybe what it is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I think some of this is to say, uh, butt out, it's none of your business, right? Um, What all of these billboards say is they say, the state doesn't own your body except when it comes to COVID masks and vaccines. No, it doesn't say that last part. It says, the state doesn't own your body. Uh, That's kind of the headline on all of these. And then if you need abortion help, um, they don't all have the Bible verse. Some of them do. They're being put in in Indiana, Mississippi, Texas, Ohio, South Carolina, South Dakota, Oklahoma. They are putting put in states, too, because it influences those elections in those states. OK, so um, abortion on, is on the ballot. It literally it's on the ballot in California. It's on the ballot in some other states, but it's really on the ballot as far as control of Congress or Senate is concerned. The Democrats would like to codify uh, the legality of abortion with a bill in the House and Senate signed by the president saying that abortion is a legal right. If the Republicans uh, win um, either the House or the Senate, that won't occur. Uh, I, the Republicans are putting forward a, a ban on abortion um, nationally up to uh, after 15 weeks, which incidentally would still be more more liberal on that subject than most European countries. Most countries in the world are around 12. 12 weeks is where they are. That's, a, that's what I also find is interesting is that I think people don't really understand that – there are a lot of nuance and different approaches to this subject from a legal standpoint. So let me ask you this. How do you love your neighbor when you really actually love your neighbor, not just make the statement, but how do you love your neighbor when there is a disagreement on something as significant as abortion or uh, sexual ethics or these kinds of things, maybe drug use, uh, drug uh, care, taxes. There's a lot of issues that are dividing us right now. How do you love your neighbor when they disagree with you on these issues without claiming uh, you're using a Bible verse somewhat out of context that says, I'm loving and you're not, unless you can really prove that you're loving and you're not. I think on the abortion issue, it's really tough to say, I'm I'm not caring uh, for you by suggesting that maybe you keep your baby, because I think you have to keep the, the child. Okay, Proverbs 31, 8, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. You know, I think we are to have a voice in what is right and wrong in our culture, including the decisions that people may or may not have a right to to do. 
This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557. Genesis chapter 4, after Cain kills Abel, says in verse 9, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? And of course, the Lord knew what he did. The Lord said, have you, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. I think it's very difficult to argue biblically that the taking of a, a life, which is what's happening in abortion, really, the, 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 and that's agreed upon by most people who are being honest across the board, that the unborn child is a life, it has completely separate DNA, it is its own person in, in the, the sense of um, what it is biologically, legally, maybe the argument about personhood can be out there, but, you know, it's really the argument has moved to a place of the value of that life. Is the value of that life less than the value of, you know, not the mother's life. If the mother's life is in jeopardy, almost everybody agrees that abortion uh, would be uh, okay then. Not okay, but something that must be must be done or that potentially has to be done. Um, people might have some different opinions on that on some other things. But really the the issue today is not whether or not this is another life, not whether or not this is a person. The issue is, is the value of that unborn child less than the desires and dreams and convenience, or however you look at it, of of mom. And yes, there are some cases where mom doesn't know how she's going to, in fact, maybe, maybe most cases where mom is unsure how to take care of that kid and very concerned and very worried. And there's a lot of, of jeopardy there for sure. But still, you're talking about the taking of a life and assuming that that life doesn't have value. That's the argument today. It's hard for me to argue or to, to see how you could use Scripture, like love your neighbor as yourself, in this way. And maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe it's just a swipe at Christians in the, some of these states coming from the governor. Um, what do you think that is? But, but getting back to our, our subject here, how do you love your neighbor who disagrees with you, say on abortion, or disagrees with you on something that is a major, major topic? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We are to love our neighbor. And it's, it, is, it is an action, not a feeling. Okay, When we're talking about Christian love, it starts with for God so loved the world, he took an action and he sent his only son to die for us. It wasn't that he had a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's that he did something. And this is what we have to do. 888-528-2557. Melody in San Diego, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, hi there, Scott. Um, in 1988, I was single and uh, living with a man who was an abusive alcoholic I was already a single mother of a 10-year-old boy, and uh, I realized I've got to get away from this guy. He's he's very, very, you know, bad for us. Right at that same time, I realized I was pregnant. And, I, and at the same time that I found out I was pregnant, uh, I lost my job because the company I worked for went bankrupt. Mm. And I thought, I've got to go get an abortion. I can't raise a baby when I'm this destitute poor. And I was really anguishing about it. I didn't really want to, but I thought there, there's just no way I can do this. You know, I didn't even have medical insurance. And um, Saturday afternoon, I was sitting on my sofa, uh, window was open, 
and just, like I said, really anguishing about having an abortion on Monday at Planned Parenthood. I happened to overhear the two women uh, who live next door talking, and um, one of them was also pregnant about the same amount of time that I was. And she was telling the other one, yes, my husband and I, um, you know, we've got plenty of money now and we're doing well. We own our own home and so we can afford, you know, now's a good time to have a child. And I just started to feel very defensive of my child and very protective. And I thought, why does my baby have to die because I'm poor? Hmm. That's not fair. That's not right. And I didn't do it. I didn't go through with it. I actually, I did go to Planned Parenthood, and I did get up on the table, and they wanted to start the procedure, and my conscience just wouldn't let me do it, Scott. I jumped off the table, and I left. Wow, you actually <laughs> and, went to the uh, appointment. I, you went that far. Yeah, I did, I, and they got angry at Planned Parenthood, and then I got real defensive of the baby. Um, things worked out, though. She's 33 years old now and has two kids of her own. And those two grandkids are the light of my life. Oh, that's a great story. Um, and I, it's just, yeah, it's just because I thought, why is it because I'm poor, does my baby have to die, but her baby gets to live? And that just got my backbone up, and I I, uh, I, I didn't go through with it. So I just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> well, thank you, Melody, for sharing that. And, uh, you, know, when, uh, you know, why do you think that that is such an issue today? I, you know, I, I would think that a lot of people know that there's, they may not know how they're going to care, but, you know, people rise to the occasion when things happen. Um, well, at that time, I didn't really know the Lord. I was seeking the Lord. I was watching, you know, like Christian stuff on TV and reading the Bible. And I, you know, I read that part where uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, where it said, God knit me together in my mother's womb. Yeah. And I just kind of had this feeling that, God would take care of us. I didn't even know God really, but I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this, and I guess God will take care of us. And sure enough, you know, here we are, 33 years later. It hasn't been easy, but um, she's alive, and so are her kids. <laughs> yeah, well, Melody, I'm I'm glad that the Lord was with you there. I'm glad for your kids and grandkids. Thank you for calling Southern Thank California you. Live. And, you know, and as I'm hearing Melody's story, and you can call and join our conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I know that there are many people listening who you, you made that decision. You had the abortion because you thought you couldn't afford it, or you thought, you know, that, you know, the child's dad was, was not going to be helpful. There's a lot of reasons that go into that. Um, and uh, I want you to know that there is grace from from Jesus Christ, okay, that that we do not get into heaven because of things that we have done. We get into heaven because we trust that Jesus Christ is the Savior and that we are forgiven of our sins, not because we did anything or we did everything right, but because Jesus is the Savior. And I would believe, too, that you don't, in the same way that you can't earn your salvation by doing enough good things or making all the right decisions, I don't think you can unearn your salvation by making a bad decision. I think there is grace. Uh, I think that there is you know, that you have to ask, you know, about your trust. Do you really trust in the Lord? And, and you know, am I really Christian? Those are good questions that we all have to ask whenever we deliberately make a choice to sin. I think that's clear. But I think if you know the Lord, 
and uh, you're thinking, oh, I just made this terrible thing. The Lord wouldn't love me. Yes, he does. He died for you. He died for you already knowing about that sin that you were going to do. So I want everybody to understand that. These, these topics are hard. They're difficult because there are so many people who are just carrying burdens. And I know on this subject, too, there's a bunch of people who have never told anybody. You, you are, you've kept this secret. You've kept it a secret from your parents. You kept it a secret from your boyfriends or even your husbands um, or from anybody, even your friends. So you, you bear that burden, but you know that the Lord knows, too. And I want you to know that there is grace, grace for you. 888-528-2557, uh, Let's go to Cynthia in Redondo Beach. Cynthia, how do we love our neighbor Hi. when they when they disagree or we disagree with us, with them on a certain issue? Well, that question um, led me to think about the Bible verse that says, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Mm. Our fight is against powers and principalities and rulers of the dark world. And, you know, sometimes people are instigated or initiated by by other powers, or sometimes they're just following along with what they're hearing. And people are going to have a lot of different views, but right now the Lord's given us advice, instructed us not to fight with people, but to fight whatever is behind it. Mm. You know, like the power structure that wants to abort babies and, and maybe sell their body parts or i don't know what the powers are doing well and all the things that aren't really really true right i mean there's one of the questions i have about the pro-choice movement is that if you aren't really telling all sides of an issue then you're not giving somebody choice that it's not even true if that makes any sense that too yeah yes but i think the hard thing right now as christians because we know what the scriptures say don't fight people, fight powers, principalities. A principality is a territory, a governmental region. Uh, a ruler of the dark world, it's the Greek word cosmocrats. Well, that's cosmos, world people, and krat, a government. And so the hard thing right now, at least what I rack my brain over, is who are these powers and where are they? We can see that there's all sorts of things going on in the world and the, and it takes a lot of people to and corruption to do this but we don't really know who they are and we don't want to sound like conspiracy theorists but you can't put your finger on it right now we're, we need to figure out how we're going to route it out yeah thank you for your call i got to go to a break cynthia but uh i think that you know one of the things about spiritual things is we don't always know specifically what the devil is doing we're not really told to figure that out but we are told to figure out that there are schemes and as cynthia quoted our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms after that you get the armor of god Ephesians chapter six you know um I think that one of the things that matters so greatly is that we focus on the truth, that even if we have suspicions about different things, we try to be truthful to acknowledge. Maybe I suspect this, but I don't really know. It bugs me when I see the, when I actually see the, a Bible verse used in a political context for something that is trying to say that everybody else is wrong. Uh, when we get back, I'll talk about that context a little bit more, and we will take your calls. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. 
I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. We are talking about a Bible verse that is used on Governor Newsom's abortion signs that he's putting in other states. He's using campaign money to... um, to invite people in other states where abortion is being restricted to come to California to get abortions. And uh, that's what you do. And I think when you have a bunch of campaign money that you uh, probably aren't going to need. And um, and it helps, you know, the Democrats, I think, who are running on that issue in those states, probably it impacts them. But in that passage, what he did is he's using Mark chapter 12, verse 31. It says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And I guess it's meant to say that uh, if you're not for abortion, then you're not loving your neighbor, or if you are restricting somebody's access, you're not loving your neighbor. And the question is, is how do you love your neighbor really when you really disagree? I don't like using that Bible verse, uh, obviously, in this. I can't imagine that that is actually the Lord's perspective on this. Uh, and I think both sides often use many people, even not just sides, but lots of people use Scripture um, in sometimes some terrible ways. There was a guy in Georgia, somebody, they never found out his name because the billboard company wouldn't say it, but this was in 2020, put up a billboard with a picture of Donald Trump, and it said, uh, Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is given. And, uh, you know, that is pretty terrible. It's uh, whatever you think of Donald Trump, he's not Jesus. And that's who that verse really is about. We got to be really careful uh, about this. And and it got me thinking, though, how do you really love your neighbor as yourself in a practical way? And there's some context to that verse. We'll get to it here in just a minute, but I want to get your thoughts about this. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Rosie in Northridge, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, hello. Hi, Rosie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Um I just want to make it quick. So the billboard is one of the devil's doings to make people believe that it's okay to do the abortion. That's what I think. Well, he's trying to use scripture, I guess, to emphasize that, I would say. Right? Okay. So how do we actually love each other? Maybe on on this issue, how do we really love people who would be different? I had a neighbor. I, I had a neighbor that wanted to go to, actually it was my cousin, not a neighbor. She was going, uh, she came all the way from Russia to Armenia to uh, just do abortion. Just for that, she came. Mm. And I convinced her not to do it, even though I wasn't a believer then. And I was young myself too. I was pregnant myself too. Um, her, Her husband died in a motorcycle accident and I told her, don't you think you're, well, I make her uh, understand that it's wrong well, that she's trying to abort, abort the baby because it's it's the only thing she could have you know reminded be reminded of her husband and she agreed and the boy is right now in the navy and he's a very successful guy he takes care of the whole family oh, i so, see well uh, so, yeah. yeah i think thank you for your call rosie you know i think that 
you know, if what this is meant on this billboard is that it's none of your business, stay out of it. I don't think that's right. I think that we, in a in a kind way, when there is a life that could be lost or people doing making bad choices, at some point, you have an obligation to get involved in a loving way, right? Not in a way that would also be sin, but we are certainly called to speak up for the voiceless. We are called to do justice, and we are called to be involved scripturally in these ways. I think that has to do with loving your neighbor, not doing anything, uh, and just staying out of it is not love. You know, And there's, you know, with this issue in particular, with so many people, I think, who are getting abortions because they feel like they can't afford it or they wonder if their child will be raised in poverty or raised with parents who aren't very good or whatever the reason, that's better to just take the life. You know, there's, I think, a lot of room for believers, churches, to adopt maybe single moms like the person Rosie was just talking about and to let them know, hey, these bills will be paid. Here they are. Here it is up front. We're going to take care of you. A lot of people change their mind when they get that financial help, when they have a bit of hope, when they know they are cared about, when they know that, you know, this is something that I really can do, when they are encouraged. And the whole idea to tell people, well, you just can't do it. There's no hope for your child. You're always going to be poor. You're always going to be struggling. That's no way to live life anyway. There's always a, a better day tomorrow when we when we take the right steps, especially when we are pursuing Jesus Christ. There's always the potential of a of a better future in these ways when we obey the Lord. And that's the context, by the way. The context of this passage is not some random thing, love your neighbor as yourself. It's the most important commandment when Jesus was asked what's most important. It's love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Loving, your, loving God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, if you're going to do that, that means you're going to love your neighbor. That means you're going to love your neighbor neighbor in the name of the Lord with, with mercy and kindness and justice, all of those things. And that's the context of this verse. So we just sort of throwing it out there actually is a very poor use of scripture. 888-528-2557. Joey in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there. Um, I just thought, you know, he left off the first part of that verse. Yeah, I just know, I just read it, but but go ahead. Right. Well, that that uh, I heard you read it, and that was my point. He left off. I mean, for me as a Californian, our governor is such an incredible hypocrite to use scripture to justify advertising abortion across the country. I mean, this is uh, it, it's just unbelievable that we vote him in that that the recall didn't work that enough people. Well, I think there's a, an awful lot of people who uh, who are not on that that side, especially in California, especially up there in the Bay Area. You know, this is. But there, a, but there are a lot of people that 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 do consider what the governor is doing is is very very wrong. Well, that is true. Uh, and and they, you know, I I call them cowardly Christians. That I mean, Christians need to come out and vote. There's really no excuse for them not coming out to vote because they. You know, they're responsible for creating the problem. They're totally responsible for not standing up and doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I appreciate that, Joey. Thank you for that. I think that, you know, with a lot of the problems that we face in our state, uh, when we're only getting, what, I think in the primary, 30% of people voted. That includes church people, about 30%. Um, you know, when you the primary sometimes is more important because that's when you pick the, the people who are actually going to face off 
And if hardly anybody votes, then it's going to be always special interest ca- you know, candidates on, on whatever side and not the best candidate necessarily. And, you know, in any state, California is uh, not an exception. We could actually, if everybody voted, who knows how our state would actually vote on these things. So in our state, we don't even have an excuse. They send everybody a ballot. You're getting your ballot here in a couple of weeks. No excuse to not vote. And I would encourage you to actually seek out who you think the better candidates are and vote well. I think that really matters matters a lot. 888-528-2557. We're talking about on uh, Southern California Live today, the use of Scripture uh, when you're making a political point. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Governor Newsom has placed that on some of his pro-abortion banners that are being put in other states. And, you know, I think that as Christians also, when Scripture is used by either side, because both sides have used it in ways that don't don't work, and it happens quite a bit, if we're trying to convince people with the words of God that our side is right, um, it's very problematic, especially if it's a debatable issue or especially if it's an issue like this one where I think that it's very, very unlikely that God is pleased with Abortion. He's not pleased with abortion. 888-528-2557. I also don't think it's loving to not be truthful. 888-528-2557. Neil in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, hi, Scott. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that he's a deception. Um, he's basically running something, uh, making a religious statement because he's trying to get uh, votes in red states. He wants to run for president, so it's also another way for him to get his platform out there. Um, he's trying to make himself look like he's trying to say something, and he is taking the scripture out of context. He's trying to say it in a way that makes you feel guilty, right? Uh, like uh, you're taking rights away from somebody else. But uh, in reality, those rights are not being taken away, and uh, the right—the only rights that are being taken away—is from that uh, unborn child. Yeah, and uh, that's another Democrat Democrat ploy. It's just a deception, and it's a big lie. And so, I think most people. So, Neil, lie let, me, it. let me ask you this question: So, how do we, as as believers, if somebody is going to use that that uh, a Bible verse in this way that we would say is uh, not correct use of it? Um, and it's possible the, gov- the governor doesn't actually know because some agency did all this stuff, but he's still responsible. His name's on it, okay? How do we love Governor yeah. Newsom? How do we love Governor Newsom? Because <laughs> we're, we're called, right, to pray for our leaders. We're called to love everybody. We're called to bless those who persecute us, love our enemies. So how do we love yeah. that person who completely disagrees with us, and even when they're misusing Scripture? How do we love them? Yeah, well, you know, I guess, you know, the only thing I could say to that, if I had the opportunity to talk to that person or even the governor, I would try to say it in as loving a way that I could, that I don't feel that that's really the right way to go about getting people to uh, uh, go along with abortions. I don't think... I think you're taking the scripture in the, in the, out of context, and I think you really ought to pray about what you're what you're thinking because you're 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 taking uh, innocent lives in, 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 in and 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 doing it in a political way 
uh, you're not thinking, only thinking really of yourself. You're using that scripture to say it's love, but you're really only loving yourself and your, your in this case, Democratic Party. All right. In order to get votes, in order to get people to believe in what you're saying. All right, Neil, I got to go to a break, but I think uh, I think you're onto uh, the path there. I, you know, I think that you know, if you could, and maybe you should, in a kind way, write kind letters. If you're going to write letters to politicians, hey, use this Bible verse. Do you know what it means? Did you realize you're taking it out of context? Why are you using this Bible verse in a context that doesn't fit? What are you saying here? And you encourage. You know, he's not going to respond in a in a positive way, as far as you know. But here's the thing: you got to. This is one of the reasons we pray for leaders. We pray that God changes their mind. It's a it's a mistake to think that when the Bible instructs us to pray for our leaders, that it's instructing us to pray that they're successful. It's we're praying for them so so that they're actually successful, but not successful necessarily in their plans. That they would change their plans, or they would change their minds. That they would actually turn to the Lord. I think the governor has a Catholic background. Uh, there's some, you know, church, you know, from a Catholic standpoint background there. I don't know what he actually believes, uh, but I do think that using Scripture in this context is wrong, and uh, we have to speak out about that. i got to take a break, then I'll get back for your calls. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. We're talking about the use of Scripture um, in uh, in political ways, in ways that are not um, in context of what that Scripture is used for to make a point. Uh, politicians have done this for a long time. They've even used scriptural ideas. Bill Clinton uh, went so far as to offer voters a new covenant, he called it, if you went with him. He was a new Democrat, if that was kind of how he run, uh, how he ran. Uh, George W. Bush called America the light of the world. Uh, you got to be careful with kind of some of the language that uh, that you use out there. And it got me thinking, Governor Newsom uh, put out uh, some some pro-abortion billboards in states across the country where they are restricting abortions. Part of his, his, his campaign for governor, but most people think it's really his laying the groundwork for a run for president. And on those billboards, on some of them anyway, is – uh, the scripture from uh, the Gospel of Mark, Mark twelve thirty one: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And it's out of context, of course. It takes away the uh, the whole concept of it, where the, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the, the second one here is this one, and there is no other commandment greater than these. These are the these. And you really have to, if you're going to use that verse, the reason you love other people and the motive behind loving other people is because you're doing it because you love the Lord. And that means that you have to do it with the Lord's agenda. You have to, when you are truly loving, you are loving people uh, and concerned about the things that Jesus is concerned about. So how do we love our neighbor even when we disagree on significant policies uh, like this one? 888-528-2557. Got a few more minutes here. Salvador, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Um, I would just uh, want to that, you know, when God said love your neighbor like you love yourself, he didn't say love your neighbor like you love your father or your sister or your brother or your aunt. 
because he knew it was not significant enough. Everyone loves himself so much that you will not bring any harm to yourself. That's why he said love them like the way you love yourself. Mm. And those people that don't love themselves, they end up committing suicide or doing something wrong to themselves. So the government doesn't understand what love is because if he wants to love them the way he loves himself, he will not let them harm themselves in any way. And these people are harming themselves in a lot of ways. So they don't understand what true love is. Um, uh, the way I love my kids, I let them do whatever they want, and I love them with all my heart. This is the way I love my neighbors. But I will not let them come to any harm. And I know what harm is because God tells us in the Bible what harm is. Yeah. And he also tells where we end it, we do wrong things. So, so they get the wrong idea about love. People don't know what real love is. That's that's what the problem is. Yeah, Salvador. They think they I think don't that, love, but they don't know love. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, Salvador. On that, thank you for calling Southern California Live. You know, it's it's love is always going to be bound up in what is true. You know, if you if you are concerned about if you love yourself and you're going to make a medical or you know decision. You want to you want to be given all the facts. You want things to be truthful. You want to know what you know the future might hold, and you want to have hope. And when you're going through something that's you know you might have a sickness, or maybe you're going through something that's economic. You know, to be told there is no hope for you, just you know take away your child, or there is no hope for you, you might as well take your life if you've got uh, cancer. You know, don't fight it. Imagine if you're told, don't fight it. There's no hope for you. Ah, it's going to be painful. Ah, oh, you only have five years. Left. You know. And imagine if you're just told, ah, don't worry about it, don't, don't, don't hope. That's wrong. It's not loving, even if there are great challenges before you. I think that one of the greatest things, uh, part of being a, a human, part of how we're made, is that we will, we will rise to the occasion. That, and especially, I believe, when you're trusting Jesus, uh, you can defeat anything. Like the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you will die, and then you'll go be with Jesus forever. The best thing that's going to happen is you will you will succeed at the right things and you will overcome obstacles, uh, economic obstacles, obstacles that might be part of your family or your upbringing or where you were born or all kinds of different obstacles that we have. You can overcome those things. I, I hate it that anybody would be told that they can't. And that, for some reason, has become a big part of the, oh, go ahead and have the abortion thing because you're poor and you, your parents were poor and your grandparents were poor. And so you'll probably be poor and nobody wants to grow up poor. You know, forget that. Um, maybe, and this does happen for a lot of people, I think that you get the, you have a child and you fight it out. And you raise that child the best that you can. And you find out that poverty in itself is not something that wrecks people's lives. In fact, there's some studies out there that say that on the whole, people who are uh, more on the poverty end of things are happier even and have better relationships than some people who are very rich, partly because those relationships might be general, it's, you know, might be, might be for real rather than people who just want you to give them some money or something. 888-528-2557. It's easier to have friends when you're poor because nobody wants anything from you, just your friendship. 888-528-2557. Joel in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Just a couple of minutes here, yeah, a few doing? seconds here, Joel. Go ahead. Yeah, just short and simple, I will say, just carry yourself as Jesus did when he walked into uh, Simon the tax collector's home. Mm. If you recall in that movie, Jesus of Nazareth, he got invited, and Jesus told the rest of his disciples, only enter any home that he is welcome. So the way I see it, we're reflective of that. We may not partake of that, but we're still alike. So I, I will say carry that, even though uh, those folks do 
have those actions. Yeah. That's my answer on it. All right, Joel, I think that's a good answer. We love people, even if they disagree. Jesus, the, you know, the tax collectors were the most hated, and his, his love for them, even calling Matthew a tax collector to be one of his disciples, um, amazing. Uh, he didn't call Matthew to keep robbing people. You know, there had to be some, you know, obviously repentance involved there, but he still loved him. We can love other people. I think loving other people as we would love ourselves in this verse, part of it is, is what would I want? Well, I would want grace. I would want mercy when I found out the truth. I would want help if I needed help. And so when we love other people, that's that's the motive. The, the motive is from the Lord because we love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But to love other people and to show them what it is that we would want if we were in their shoes for the best case scenario. That's how you, you act in love. One more call here, Ted in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, good afternoon, Scott, Ted. Hi, Ted. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so uh, the abortion is the tip of the iceberg. Now it's led to um, not only did the children get not be given the choice to live or die, now we're taking children who aren't even fully matured, which doesn't happen until you're 26, and you're changing their sex when they're not even done with puberty yet. And, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, and now they're allowed to let a child die once it's born if she doesn't want it on a table. Um, so how do we know. how do we love people who would have a different opinion than than uh, you and I on some of these things? How would we love that person? What's the action here that we would do? Well, of course, we serve a forgiving God and uh, and I love him regardless. I just don't want them to live with the pain. I don't want that child to live with the pain of what's been done to them. Uh, we already have documentations of people that finally mature later and like, go look what happened to me. I wasn't even old enough to know what was going on. Yeah, there's a lot of terrible things going on with that. We talked about some of that yesterday, and there's some more news about that today. Uh, yeah, I'm running it, out of time here, Ted. So, you know, what's the best way to love somebody who disagrees here? What do you think they need? Well... Love, love is everything. We we know that it isn't. We're not going to uh, convict people and and say that you know my my log is uh, smaller than your log in my eye. I'm not here to say that. I'm just saying that it's wrong. It's morally wrong, and it's gone from abortion to now we're mad scientists uh, destroying kids' lives before they're even mature enough All right. and change. All right, Ted. Thank you for your call. You know, I think a big part of. Uh where a lot of people were Ted and a lot of people are coming from is people need to be truthful. Big part of love is you got to be, you got to be truthful. And where, you know, to me where you have to use, if you have to use euphemisms, if you can't just say it like it is, uh, you must be covering up for something. And that happens a lot with abortions happening a lot with these, some of these uh, gender issues and things. We got to speak the truth in love boldly, accurately and be accurate ourselves, and be really careful when we're quoting scripture you know, it is, you know, I think what is behind this scripture of loving one another is the action of love, not just having a feeling and not just knowing the scripture. So let's use it correctly. You're out of time. Thanks for all your calls. We can get to this another time. When we come back, we're going to talk about grandparenting. Speaking of loving, how do you minister to your grandkids? And uh, there's some great opportunities for that. I got Larry Fowler from the Legacy Coalition coming up on Southern California Live when we return. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.